Everything in between. My name is Pat Taylor. I'm Alex Andronicus. And hey, we are excited to join with you on this journey of talking about cameras, talking about uh, photos and video and all those kinds of things. We are excited to just have some fun, Alex. Exactly. We're here to dispel misconceptions about cameras and photography, things that you think you might know. Yeah. And things that we know that you do not know. Yeah. And most of all, the number one thing is we want to have fun. We want to poke fun at people who use iPads to take photos, teach you about how to take the best Instagram photos of your lunch, and just discuss whether or not film is dead or not. Which there are very differing opinions on that, and we'll get to that shortly. Yeah, well, look, you know, my opinion is that 35mm film is great in theory, but when you actually get out there and you're like, oh, I've just wasted $15. Well... There's kind of something exciting about, you know, starting to shoot and be like, oh, the mystery behind what comes out. But then there's a disappointment of, oh, I got two photos that were good out of that, that 27. Yeah. Oh, here's an annoying photo of someone's cat. that I don't know whose cat this is. I don't meet cats. But anyway. But that's what we're not here to talk about. We're talking about cameras and photography and the world of imaging. And we're your hosts, Pat and Alex. And we're excited to meet with you and talk with you. Um, Alex, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into photos? How did you get into photography? Uh, what you, what's your story? Well, uh, getting into photography would have really been in 2015. Um, went to a trip to Japan uh, with some friends. And about a month before, I was looking up some cameras. Um, I was looking on eBay because I couldn't afford to get a full kit. And um, found secondhand, uh, Canon 60D. Oh, yes. I was, I was like, pretty good. Looked all right. Weather sealed. Um screen that flipped out had three lenses that came with it um grabbed it off the guy took it on the trip and pretty much fell in love with it um from there i upgraded a little bit of gear but that was pretty much what got me in there you go so hook quite line, relatively quite fresh relatively quite fresh a uh, hook line and a sinker though <laughs> so i got into it <laughs> you're right in it that's good that's a great way to do it and uh i believe you've actually got a pretty interesting story about first starting off your love for imaging yeah well like i've been around cameras for a long time i wouldn't my parents aren't photographers but they do enjoy doing their own um photo and video my parents owned a, a small business for about 20 years and so they had to um, do online catalogs and videos and product photography and all that kind of thing and so that kind of got me into the world of um capturing moments of as kodak likes to say you know Always been surrounded by cameras. Always been surrounded. Yeah, Kodak moments was my was my motto as a young child. Um, but actually, this is funny. We're talking about this just before. I had a really funny moment as a as a kid. Actually, um, I was about probably two or three. Um, it was one of a very early Easter, um, and there's a great video of me going around the backyard. Um, and this was funny because my parents were fresh to parenting and didn't really know exactly how to do Easter for their kids. Only um, child first, or only, not only child, but first child at the I time. I was the first child, and so they hadn't had the uh, the practice run. I was the practice run. Um, and so there's a great clip of me trying to find the Easter eggs around the backyard. But instead of just kind of dispersing individual eggs around, around my mom just decided to put them into little dishes of like five or six of them. And just put the dishes around in the backyard because she didn't. Well, she she just didn't realize that the eggs wouldn't get dirty. She didn't want them to get dirty in the mud. Oh, right. Even though there is obviously a protective layer of foil around the eggs. 
So the Easter egg hunt turned into a find the platter with the eggs. Yeah, and that practiced me. That just helped me practice how to do the dishes. Now, and obviously, a clear skill that I haven't con- continued to this very day. But can't I under- I can yeah I can understand the thingy behind it. Anyway, that's not the point. the The point is this: I recall I recall this because there's a video of this all happening, and on the video, there's a great moment where I turn to my dad, who's on behind the camcorder. And I'm reaching up and I want to, I'm saying, I want to see Patrick. I want to see Patrick. Who's, oh, who's Patrick? That's me, funny enough, actually. Yeah, my extension, the extension of my name. Um, and, you know, that turns the camera around and I'm perplexed and I'm amazed with wonder with the fact that I can see myself through this digital screen. And to this day, I'm still excited to see myself on, on camera. Yes, moral of that story, Patrick that's is <laughs> in love with himself. <laughs> which we obviously know is to be very untrue. But anyway, the point is the cameras have always been something that intrigue me and excite me. There's capturing those capturing moments, those, you know, making things look really artistic. Um, that's always excited me. And so, you know, for a long time um, I've been into cameras. And so, you know, my first camera was a Canon 450D. Um, you know, one of the very first cameras to almost have video. It almost. almost did. The 5D Mark II was the first, but this one came out just before it. Great camera. 5D Great camera. Too. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I've been into photography and been a photographer. I've been a working photographer for about four or five years now, but I've been into cameras for about 10 to 15. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my first experience that I can remember with a camera, this didn't necessarily get me into it, but um, my when I was about five or six, yeah. I would have been, um, my mom took us to a museum. And I remember it was me and my mom, my brother and sister, my dad was there too, and this couldn't be more 90s. I came, I had a Walkman on me, had earphones on, the one with like the foam pads on them. Of course. Like they, I was tiny, so they completely they oversized were massive. Yeah, on yeah. me. You had just like Frisbees. Pretty much earmuffs. And I had that on one belt hanging off the, uh, yep. one side of my belt. And on the other side of my belt, I had a, a little holster that had a film camera in it. Oh my gosh. One of the, a compact film camera, if you can call it that with air quotes. What were you listening to? I have no idea what I was listening to, but eventually when we got in, it was a audio recording as you walked around. It was uh, a, see, I was hoping you would say TLC or something like nineties. I, I really Backstreet wish I could, I could say that. You know what? Might have been Backstreet Probably. Boys. Probably knowing I, you and your love for boy bands. Well, it wasn't even my Walkman. I'm pretty sure it was my sister's. That's what you all say. <laughs> but um, though, no, with that all said, it's like yeah, that's probably. What got me interested? Yeah, in okay. Japan trip because it was a sixty D that you had for a while, and you're now shooting with Sony, Sony A seven three. Yeah, wow. That's I'm I'm slightly jealous. There's something great about the A seven three. It's a no. bit. It's good at everything. I've actually got a few lenses now. I don't just have a fifty mil. Yeah, <laughs> upgraded to uh, <laughs> to a, a couple extra lenses. A medium range. M- medium range. Uh, Twenty eight seventy five. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Mm, Tamron's very nice. But um. No, with that, I think we should probably tell everyone what it is we like to shoot. Yeah. What do we do with our cameras? So yeah. we'll start with you, Pat. What is it you like doing? Uh, well, I'm in a kind of in the middle ground. I really like doing photo and video. Um, so I do a lot of stuff shooting with Blackmagic and the Panasonic Lumix range. Name drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really like those brands for the video cap- cap- capabilities. That's the word. Um, and the, what they can do with that. But I enjoy using Canons um, and Sonys for photos. Um, at the moment, I have a Canon 6D. as just my go-to kind of um, photo camera. 
which I believe is the camera that actually introduced us to each other. It is. Yes, I met you through this camera. And would you believe it? This is actually really funny. I don't think you and I have ever talked about this before. But I came in with a 20, the 24 to 70 F4. Yep. And that has a locking barrel on the side of it. This little switch that you can lock the barrel from zooming in. Yeah, so that when you're storing it, it's not- It doesn't go in and out. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. locks it in place. And I found that when it was locked, you could still twist the barrel to zoom out. And you said, oh yeah, it's meant to do that. And I walked out full knowing you've just lied to a customer. <laughs> you tell me, yeah, it's meant to do that. No, it's not. <laughs> Why would a lock not lock? Uh, this was back in my early days of retail where this was probably <laughs> the first time I actually saw that lens, Yeah, yeah. I believe. You don't go out to, no, I don't go to Mr. Minute and say, hey, I really need a lock that when you pull it, it opens. <laughs> I actually thought that's exactly what locks did. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad that I could change your mind here and blow your mind as well. Um, but I completely forgot what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, what kind of photography you do. Uh, ac- yes. Actually, you um, you mentioned your video, but what about your broadcasting? Yeah, yeah. Video? So obviously with COVID-19 at the moment and with the way that um, you know the, the world is happening right now, I've been doing a lot of stuff with live broadcasting. So working with the Blackmagic gear and um, doing live streams. Um, and you know, broadcasting to YouTube, and that's been a, a brand new world that I've never really found myself in before. But it's very good fun. Lots of new things about networking and cabling, and you know, encoders and all this crazy language, stream keys, and all these things that I've never really learned about. But having to pick up very quickly because that's what the world needs right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I I can appreciate the skill it takes to do that kind of thing. Uh, a photo is a photo. Whereas it's a singular. Video, yeah, video is. 30 photos in a second sometimes. Sometimes. 50 if you're doing streaming. It's crazy. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing a lot of streaming and stuff. But in terms of photography, I love doing travel photography um, and shooting events like concerts. And um, I do a lot of work in church as well. That's why I work at a church um, as kind of my part-time job. Um, I just love taking photos of this, that, and everything. How about you? Well, me, uh, most recently been doing more portraits and landscapes. Yeah, cool. Um, bit of wildlife. You've probably seen, I've been spamming a bit of that on, on the channels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, gorillas and uh, meerkats on the feed that I didn't realize I followed National Geographic. Uh, yes, I'm actually the intern at National Geographic. <laughs> uh, one, one day they'll actually uh, recognize that I work there. But um, That's not true. I, <laughs> <laughs> Until that day. Um, Until that day. I, I have shot weddings before as well. Actually, we've shot a wedding we did, yeah. together. And one of the fun. first things that I've ever done, this is actually another little story that we can tell. The first lens I bought for my camera after my Japan trip was about a year later. I was working in in a camera house at the time. And one of my friends was wanted to shoot a wedding. And they asked me to be a shooter with them. They're actually working with another photographer. Yep. And I was doing a bit of research and I came across two 50 mil lenses that I wanted. One of them was the Canon uh, 50 mil 1.4. Okay. Uh, L series. Yep. The other one was, sorry, not the- Not L series. Not the Just L series. the ultra Sony. USM. USM. Yeah. USM. The one with the gold ring. Oh, with the gold ring. I have that one. lens. It's not a bad lens. And the that one's about 500. And the other one, double the price, oh, Sigma. It's a lot. 50 mil 1.4 art. Wow. Art. The art series. Wow. One. So it wouldn't have been brand new, but to me at the time, it was my first foray in this world, yes. really. And I heard about this lens and 
eventually I was kind of convinced. I was like, look, if you're going to do this seriously, get that lens, get the Sigma, invest in the higher price. You won't be sorry. Mm. That's probably your, your best decision to, to date. To date. I actually shot with that lens for only that lens almost exclusively for a couple of years wow. until I upgraded to my Sony yep. and got a, a zoom on. So when people say you've got to get really good camera, absolutely not true. You can get an entry level camera. It's the lens that matters more than anything. Yeah. Say that though. It's great to have a nice camera. <laughs> it is great to nice to have a nice Having camera. good cameras is always good. Would be nice. I would recommend. Um, but speaking of cameras and all those kinds of things, I've got a bit of a challenge kind of question here for you. Money aside, you've got an unlimited budget. You're not. This is not for work. This is just for your own personal pleasure and enjoyment. What camera would you get? No limit. No limit. See, I'd, I would have said Hasselblad. Okay. Get a medium format. German made, I think. German made, I do believe. The kind of designer, high-end, full medium format cameras. Oh, they look nice. Very nice. Um, but I, I think I might have to go um, something along the lines of like 1DX Mark III. That is an absolute weapon. Yeah, it's a, it's a big boy camera. It is a big boy camera. And part of the reason is because the, some of the lens ranges that you can get and you can even adapt onto it is incredible. Yeah, that's very interesting because I think for me, I would go somewhere towards like the Fujifilm cameras, um, maybe some of the medium formats or just their high-end cameras. There's just something about the medium, the Fujifilm cameras that are just so nice. You get the film emulation, the colors are beautiful, the lenses are crisp, the like the prime lenses. Oh, there's just something about it. Saying that though, I would potentially even consider like Leica. And you love your names. I love my fancy, yeah, my name. I'm a big name brand guy. Um, and so Leica has that kind of interest appeal for me. It's expensive, but if we're saying that there's no money to change, decide and, you know, affect what no, I choose it, I'd probably go Leica. One day, one day we'll be in that world, right? <laughs> you might be. I, I, I wish. Step one, start a podcast. Step two, make millions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, but one, um, one day. I think before we continue any further, Pat, I have to ask. Yes. What is your absolute biggest pet peeve with photography? That's a great question. Um, You've caught me a little bit off guard here. See, I'll start with mine to give you some time to think. Yep. This happened in the store a lot when I was working in retail. People would come up and they'd put their camera on the counter and say, oh, I think there's something on my sensor. And they'd take off their lens and they'd point it at you and instead of just giving you the camera, it's like, I'm the professional here. Maybe let me handle it. And half the time, more dust will get in the camera just from doing that. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, you know, oh, there's a few things. People actually don't know the difference between portrait and landscape. Really? That baffles me. When I get people saying, oh, yeah, I want it. You know, I want the photo this way. Like, you know, long ways. It's like, yeah, oh, landscape. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah landscape. I'm like, no, upright. No, no, portrait. It's very simple. This oh, is actually, I've heard this people is say elementary that. kind of things. Portrait and landscape. It's not a difficult concept to grab. Actually, can I change mine? Or oh, maybe. People that record with their phone cameras upright. Uh, see, I think there's a place for that. It still bugs me though. <laughs> actually, I also, speaking of vi- videoing and filming, I don't understand 
where this mentality has come from, that people think you can print a video. <laughs> it baffles me. The, it's <laughs> In the like- same way that I wouldn't print a cupcake, you can't print a photo. A video, sorry. Oh, I can't print a photo. Well, then. <laughs> let's <laughs> shut Kodak down. <laughs> All right, let's finish it. This has gone for too long. <laughs> Alex, guess what time it is? Uh, is it time to get the kettle? Nope, it's time to do the news. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my little sound bite there. <laughs> uh, it was one of the better ones. It's great fun. Well, look, we, yeah, we're going to do some news. We're going to look around into the world of photography, see what people are doing in the world. Um, and we're going to start with Sony. Oh, Sony. What are they doing now? Oh, Sony. As you know, they just recently released the A7S Mark III. I'm so excited for this camera. Great camera. All the specs that you'd ever want in a camera. However, they're not done yet. They are looking to unveil a brand new entry-level full-frame mirrorless camera. Is Jess really needed at this point in time? Absolutely, it is. There's a, a bit of a lack in the uh, the entry level full frames. What so I think s- Sony's going straight in for that. Yeah, you've got like what 6D Mark II, yep. the old A7 II. Yep, the D500 as well, as well or Nikon. D500, can't forget Nikon. And so here we are. And the rumor is it's not going to be part of the A7 or the A9 range, but it's potentially a new brand line, maybe the A5, A6 even potentially. See, that's kind of got me excited there. Yeah, because- very interesting. Because that was the original idea behind the 6D. Yes. It was actually one of the, the camera that introduced you to our store. It did, yes. I was working there. Which we will talk about very soon. But um, no, having entry-level full-frame camera, that's great news for people that want to get into photography but don't yeah. have the money to invest into, say, an A7 Mark III or A7R4 or uh, what of that two thousand dollar kind of price point? Is it even like the Canon RP, for example? Is that kind of the entry level full frame? Oh, the RP is nice to hold. Great little camera. And so yeah, this is what they're saying with Sony. It's going to have a USB Type C port, single card slot, built-in microphone and headphone jacks, and obviously Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Like, what would you do without Wi-Fi and Bluetooth? Honestly, I would take that over a lens any day. All right. Well, you're wrong. But um, <laughs> speaking actually, of- speaking of lenses, sorry, I, you want to say speaking of lenses. <laughs> Speaking of lenses, Sigma have unveiled the new 85mm 1.4 art series lens. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This this one's got me really, really excited. Very, very excited. Now, there already is an 85mm 1.4 in the market. I mean, well, it was so good. They had to do it again, which is a headline I saw. That makes a lot of sense. On. But um, no, I, I think the reason they're doing it again is because those original art series lenses, yep. when they release them for the E-mount for what was it, about two years ago, just over two years two, ago. Two, three years ago, yep. Um, when they re- originally released those art series for E-mount, they were just adapted versions of the SLR ones. Okay, so they're not a brand new lens. Not a brand new lens, not not specifically purpose-built for mirrorless, but basically just adapted over. Yeah, wow. But these ones are designed for mirrorless, so they'll be more compact, lighter, easy to use, and they're saying available in the Sony E-mount and the Leica Panasonic L-mount. But you haven't even mentioned the most exciting thing, Pat. Alex Kodak is back. Since no, since when? <laughs> I I tried to do that like DJ thing where you hit the pad a few times. It didn't work. But yes, Kodak is back. Announced on the twenty eighth of July, only a week or so ago. New camera? No. 
No. New film? Not quite. Ooh. It's slightly chemical related though. Okay. Yeah. The US government has funded Kodak to start manufacturing anti-malarial drugs and other generic drugs as a um, as a treatment for COVID-19. Oh boy, that, that can't go well. Very, very interesting. And you know, their stock price rocketed when it was announced. It went from $3 to $45 in about four hours. Oh my God, is it 2002 again? Honestly, it's crazy. So here we are. We're back. Kodak is back and it is a great time. Not what we thought they'd be doing, but Kodak is back. Maybe not for the right reasons, but... Anyway, moving on. Finally, Alex, I have um, a little bit of a, a little tip for, for those Canon shooters out there. Oh, which one specifically? Specifically the brand new EOS R5. Okay. The camera that you and I love. Do really love it. Great specs. Like the A7S three that we were talking about before. All the specs that you'd ever possibly want. It's hard a, to choose between the two. Very hard. However... With the brand new camera comes a few little faults. One of them being overheating in some settings. Oh, Jay said they really are copying Sony in some ways. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a hot product. It is a hot product, literally. And so there is, a, there is an individual in America who believes he has worked out the solution for this overheating. See, this is why we need a community of people. Well, or has he fixed it? Why, why else would we be here apart from solving all your problems at home? So EOS R5, he has found that to fix the overheating when you're using it over HDMI is to remove the memory cards. Is that really all you got to do? That's it. Just remove the cards. So the part that you need to make the camera record video, Yep. you just have to take that out. Just take it out. And then it's not going to overheat. Not going to overheat. Why did it take this long for people to work that out? Honestly, I wish I thought about this earlier. And it's very interesting, actually, because the other week I found out that Sony released a, a short little statement saying that you can actually save up to 90% of your battery life by not turning on your camera. Oh, that's... Come on. Honestly, my mind was blown. I couldn't believe it. Well, how long the camera industry had been going now and they've only just thought of that? Honestly, I thought I knew anything about cameras. I clearly don't. And on that bombshell, at the end of the news... And Alex, we want to thank our sponsors, Castle Hill Camera House, for sponsoring this episode. We want to thank them uh, for being the number one photographic location in the hills. That's right. You won't find another one in the hills that knows their photography gear quite as well as them. Um, at the moment for Father's Day, they're actually doing a buy one, get one free canvases for up to 20 by 30 inches, I 20 believe. 20 by 30 inches and buy one, get one free on photo mugs and a whole lot of deals all throughout the store. So this really is the place to be going for film developing, for photo printing, for camera repairs, for custom framing. It is the number one photographic location. That's right. So if you want to pick up any photo gear, any prints or anything like that, head on down to Castle Towers in Castle Hill. You'll find them on level one, right near Aldi. Good on you guys. So I think one of the most common questions we've ever had asked to us has got to be why buy a camera. Why should I buy a camera when I've got my phone? Honestly, and you know, we're looking at the world right now and we're thinking, you know, people aren't going out to take photos. They're not doing a whole lot. What is the need for a camera right now? Well, it's true. A lot of people are just using their phones, um, especially you'd see like vloggers, people on Instagram, 
Like there are still accessories you can get for them. And a lot of the time a camera is just going to do it better. Yeah. Especially. It's very convenient though, having a phone, you know, you're there all the time. You're ready to go. If you need a video of the kids, you know, someone's just falling over or, you know, finding home videos, it's just all on a phone now. That is true. Although I do have a, a story for this one. Yep. There was, um, it's been like when I was first working in retail yep. and I'll probably say six months in or something like that. I'm, I was, a lady comes up and she's just had a wedding. Congratulations. It was really good. And she wanted to print off a few photos from one of the kiosks and help to get set up. She printed off, uh, I think she did like 200 photos or something like that. And she came up at the end to pay for the prints. And she's like, oh, I did have one that I wanted to get enlarged. Yep. And she wanted it quite big, about 16 by 24. So it was like not a Okay, not a so small. about like an A2 kind of print size almost. Yeah, pretty much that kind of size. And she's going, and I'm asking, I was like, oh, did you like, um, how did the photographer give you the files? And she's like, oh, I didn't have a photographer. I, I had my friends take photos on their phones because everyone's got their phones there. How interesting. That's, no, no, that's very uncommon. Extremely uncommon. But mo- but I can understand, like, you want to do it a little bit cheaper. Yep. You don't necessarily have the money to pay for a photographer. Which, are, which they are quite expensive. You know, you and I have done weddings before and, you know, it's a lot of effort to do. And so it's not a cheap thing. It, it's hard work. And there's a reason why they pay, they charge what they of do. Course, yeah. it, it's 100% worth it. But- she chose him the photo and it was off of her, her aunt's or her cousin's iPhone. Yeah, okay. And she's like, how big can you blow this up to be? And I was like, if you're lucky, I can do it to 12 by 18. You know, it's A3. Yeah. Half the size that she wanted. It's not very big, really. Not very big. And even then, Patrick, I was pixelating it a little bit. I was blowing it up to a size where I'm like, look, I can do this size because you're stepping back. Yep. If she got that same photo taken with an SLR, even with the same megapixels, I would have been able to blow that up larger. Even one of those little compact cameras, you know, the small little travel ones that people take around. Oh, hundred percent. Even so much you can ones. do with even something like that. So like one of my favorite ones of those has been, um, I think the TZ one, uh, Yes. Panasonic. Panasonic's TZ one ten. Awesome little camera. Um, probably sold that the most, I would say. Okay. In my time there, a lot of people were getting, even though it was about the 900 one grand price point at, at its peak. Um, it's sort of a great little camera, one inch yeah. sensor, a lot of light coming into it. And that's a common misconception people have. They're like, oh, I don't really understand what the sensor is, which is fair enough. It's technical. But they're like, doesn't megapixels mean that it gets a better image? It's like my phone's 20 megapixels. Why do I want this camera that has 20 megapixels on it? Well, very simply, it's the larger your sensor, the larger the quality of the photo. Exactly. So a larger sensor, even with the same megapixels, yep. means bigger pixels, picking up more light, making a clearer image. Yeah. We were talking about medium format just before. Medium format, much larger sensor, therefore hot, super high quality photos. Yeah. The kind of photos you're only doing if you're shooting billboards, like super high Large end. studio prints. Yeah. Exactly. So not expecting anybody to be investing in one of those anytime soon. Of course. Soon. But it's, you see, we talk about cameras and the way that people buy cameras. It's very interesting to see that, you know, compared to the last 10 years, we've almost had an 85% drop off in camera sales globally. You know, in 2010, we had 120 million cameras sold that year. Whereas now compared to um, 2020 and 2019, we've only had, a, actually, well, last year we had just shy of 20 million sold. That's a huge difference. And in camera, in 2020, this year, only obviously we're only halfway through the year, but we're looking at 4 million total camera sales. 
So globally, we're seeing that people aren't buying cameras as much. Which is really sad to see, honestly. Yeah. You see so many, like especially with the rise of Instagram and that, you you would almost think that would make people want to take photos more with a camera. Especially with the cameras that you can get now these days. Super easy to use, very simple, super high quality. Yeah, for 500 bucks, you can set yourself up with a pretty, pretty entry-level SLR, single yeah. lens, and you can go out and start shooting out of the box. You don't really need much more than that. Absolutely. And you know, we were talking about before and thinking about a phone and thinking about the way you use a phone, I, I like to think about it like this. You know, a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, jack of all trades kind of thing. Jack of all trades. Does a whole lot of things. You've got, you know, nail files, TV remotes, knives, all these things all built in. You know, it's everything you possibly need on a certain trip. However, one of the things you do get on a Swiss Army knife is a knife, which is very convenient if you're cutting small things. Also handy that it has a thing that's in the name. Yeah, you've absolutely baffled me there because I completely forgot it was called Swiss Army Knife because there's a knife in it. <laughs> exactly, Patrick. It's almost <laughs> as if they thought that. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because like, I also missed the soundboard before. <laughs> anyway, a Swiss Army Knife is good for cutting small little things if you're out and about cutting rope or when you're camping, that kind of thing. However, let's say Gordon Ramsay has given you 100 potatoes to prepare for dinner. I'm not going to grab the Swiss Army knife. You're not grabbing a Swiss Army knife. In the same way, oh, I'm out and about and I need a photo of um, a document or of just my current situation. I've got my phone with me. Take a flick. Awesome. Bob's your uncle. However, you think I've, you have to take photos for a wedding. You're not going to take a phone. As you said before, you're, you're completely underprepared. Exactly. And probably the best thing that I like about especially interchangeable lens cameras. So you've got your mirrorless cameras, you've got your DSLRs. Yeah. Is the fact that you can change the lens on them. Absolutely. Gives you so much more variety and options. Versatility. It's like we were saying before, that that 85mm 1.4 Sigma that's coming out. Yeah. You Being able to shoot at 1.4, like that's the sort of thing that you want to be able to do if you want to shoot portraits. And very quickly, 1.4 is a shallow depth of field. So you get a big difference between what is in focus and what's out of focus. So you get that nice, soft, kind of blurry background, right? Oh, they, they call that bokeh in the business. It is bokeh. Oh, mm. Amazing. Lovely. I love that ding so much. <laughs> One of the great dings. But, well, the other thing that Aperture is associated with, and this is where cameras really shine compared to a phone, yeah. is their low-light capability. Okay. Like, sure, Google have released, um, you know, with their Pixel phones, the, the post-processing that brings back a lot of the detail from that, but you're not getting the low light with that depth of field. Even the portrait mode on the Apple iPhones. Even the portrait mode, especially. If Beautiful. You look looks really nice when you do it well, but it doesn't actually advantage you when you're doing low light things. No, not at all. And the other thing that it does is it just blows everything out evenly. Mm. So if you've if you've got thing like a fall off, all you're gonna all the cap phone's gonna do is say, Oh, this is what I'm focused on. Let's grab that, keep that in focus and apply a Gaussian blur effect to everything else. Yeah. And now it looks pretty nice when it's done well, but it's not true to no. the way the cameras normally work. It's a good imitation, but it's not exactly the same technical ability that you find in a real camera. Real camera with... Real yeah. But picture me doing with two fingers the rabbit ear thing. What's that called? Quotation. Air quotes. Air quotes, that's Air quotes. it. Yeah, yeah, you, got it. you know what I meant. But no, the last thing that... Like, as I said before, we want to dispel misconceptions about cameras. And yes. one of them is that they're so expensive, right? 
Yes. Sorry. Well, do you? I didn't realize you wanted me to affirm that. No. Yes. Cameras can be expensive. You know, you buy one. Oh, you want to buy a camera body. It's $1,500. Oh, you want a camera lens. Oh, that's $800. Oh, you need a spare battery. That's $50. You need a strap. You need a bag. You need a filter. You need an SD card. So many things just for the sake of photo. But you don't always have to spend that much. You don't always have to spend that much. Like for a lot of people, especially we're saying TZ110, at the time it was about $1,000, but there's a, a smaller version of it, a nice compact. Yep. What is it now? The TZ95. 95 is about $500. About 500 Compact little camera. You can chuck it in your handbag if you want. It's got a bigger sensor on it than your phone, and you've got 30 times zoom. Crazy. Can you find me a phone that has 30 times zoom with 20 megapixels, and you can genuinely do that zoom optically? Look, I'll try, but I don't think I will. It'll probably come out one day, but then by that point, we'll have compact cameras that they have 60 times zoom. Yes. Well, we've already have cameras in the Nikons with 100 times zoom. Uh, who, who would ever need that much zoom, honestly? Uh, flat earthers. <laughs> that is the camera of choice. Our favorite people group. <laughs> favorite, favorite group of people. But no. And then even amongst the interchangeable lens cameras, yep. you've got your micro four thirds. Olympus and Panasonic specialize in that. Which is a smaller sensor size. Smaller sensor. Half the size of a standard full frame. Half the size, but you're getting, still getting interchangeable lenses. Yes. And those lenses are super small. So small. Advantage of a smaller sensor on these cameras, smaller lenses as well. Yeah. Easy to travel with because you don't have to take as much with you. Exactly. Like I went to Italy a couple years ago. Flex. Took, you know, (laughs) got to flex it sometimes. (laughs) Must be nice. But yeah, I borrowed a bit of gear and I had EM1 Mark II. Yep. 12 to 40. The Olympus, this is all Olympus stuff. All, all yep. Olympus gear. None of this is third party. EM1 Mark II, 12 to 40, 60 mil macro, 25 mil 1.8, 45 mil 1.8. Yep. And I believe I had the 7 to 14 as well. It's five lenses. Camera body, yep. spare battery, all in a shoulder bag. Crazy. Now that, they, actually, I we have to give some credit to your shoulders. You came back off that trip and you, ha- you had some shoulders. I, I did have some shoulders because I also took my uh, Canon SLR with me with one lens, which was as heavy as all of the other gear. Yeah. I know I, I was having a lot of conversations with some backpacks and they knew that your shoulders were a firm foundation for their backpacks. They weren't slipping. They weren't slipping at all. All right. Cheers, Pat. (laughs) Anyway, we want to kind of wrap this up and say that even though phones are super convenient and the new iPhones and the new Samsungs and the Galaxies and all those things are really changing the game and what it means to have a camera on your phone with you all the time, it's convenient. As good as it is to have those things, it's never as good as having an actual mirrorless DSLR interchangeable lens camera. You're always going to get the high quality, better exposure control, more versatility for printing or for posting or for all that kind of thing. And they make for great gifts as well. Like if you've got a young, like your young uh, child is looking like they're taking a lot of photos with the phone. Yep. You want to be able to take that to the next level for them. Absolutely. It's kind of like if you see a kid playing the ukulele. The ukulele. I was a eukalyptus. Fun fact, I was very proficient in the eukalyptus for a number of years. I guess we'll see. My uh, instrument of choice was the triangle. 
for ah, a while. Okay. But no, if you see they've got an interest in something like taking photos in their phone, the natural next step is upping that to a camera. Absolutely. Seeing how they go with that. And well, there you go. That's debunked. <laughs> debunked, 100%. Ultra is debunked. There we go. And is that all the time we've got for today, Pat? Look, I think that is. And we want to thank you so much for joining us for this first episode. You know, we have a, a long journey ahead, we hope, and we want you to be a part of it. So please be sure to um, interact with us, you know, message us um, through our Instagram page and our Facebook pages, get in contact with us. If you want to have, if you've got questions, if there's things that you want to talk about, you want us to talk about, we're excited to join with you in that. Um, But this has been up to shutter speed episode one. I've been Alex. I have been Pat. And we will see see you next week in the next episode. 